In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, there is so very, very much here in this account of the wedding feast at Cana. I hardly know where to begin. There's a lot we don't want to miss out, and there's a lot we don't want to misunderstand. So I'm going to call upon the good examples of my two grandfathers, respectively my Irish grandfather and my Italian grandfather, so we won't miss out what is good and we won't misunderstand what could be easily misunderstood. My Irish grandfather, Joseph McTigg, always wore a vest so that he could keep a harmonica in his pocket because you never know when a party would break out and you would need music. And of course, they lived not far from the corner pub. And when a party did break out, someone would give my father, who was maybe 10 or 11 years old, some money to send him down to the corner pub so that dad, little dad, 10 years old, could come back with a pitcher. And when the pitcher was received, not only with ceremony, but was borne triumphantly throughout the house as a cousin pounded on the piano and they sang spontaneous songs in honor of the arrival of the beer. You can never say in that house they had no joy. Now, you've got to keep that in mind, that idea of the presence of joy and celebration and what that means. And now we want to go to my Italian grandfather because he will help us to not misunderstand what our Lord said. When I read this, our lady speaks to our Lord. He says, woman, what is that to me? I think of my Italian grandfather, who would always respond to unsolicited advice with these words. He'd look at you and say, I ask you anything? We don't want to think that our Lord took that tone with his mother. What is that to me was a common phrase in his language group. And to understand what it meant, it could be spoken abruptly, but it could also be heard as, Mom, I, I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm on top of it. Don't you worry. But what does it mean for a lady to say, they have no wine? Well, we know from the Hebrew Scriptures, we know in Jewish tradition, wine was a signal of the presence of joy. And they were actually pretty careful they would drink three parts wine to two parts water, which showed that the Hebrews were not Italian. But that's another topic for another time. But there was a sense of festival, a sense of rejoicing, a sense that we dare not keep silent, that we dare not be sour in the presence of what is properly delightful. It is natural for love to be delighted in the presence of the beloved. That is what joy means, to be delighted in the presence of the beloved. And St. Thomas Aquinas says joy also means being delighted in seeing the purposes of the beloved achieved. So when Our Lady says they have no wine, she's saying to her son, they have no joy. They don't know it's you the way that I do. They don't know you. I think you're that nice carpenter from Nazareth. They don't know why you're here. And if they don't know you, they don't know your purposes, of course they can have no joy. And he says, Mom, I got this. 
And so the disciples knew that the carpenter, the one who just a few days before had been uh, working, had been identified by John the Baptist, now they see that he is a thaumaturge, a wonder worker. Could he be the one? Could he be the one promised by God? So the words of the chief steward are so, if you will, pregnant with meaning. You've saved the best wine until now. Throughout history, God had revealed his purposes dimly through nature, imperfectly, and they were dimly received because of original sin. And even in the prior revelations, there were foreshadowings of what was coming. And now in the fullness of time, the proper sense of Kairos, the true wine, the perfect wine, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets is here, and it is right for us to rejoice. It is right for us to rejoice. St. Francis de Sales said, uh, a sad saint is a sorry saint. And even that genius madman Nietzsche said, I'd be more inclined to believe in the Savior if the Christians, if the Christians looked like they were saved. We go through ups and downs in life. We have aches and pains. We have victories, large and small. We have griefs and tragedies, large and small. But human life is meant to be a comedy in the Shakespearean sense of a happy ending. And all that we go through, the ups and the downs, can all be near occasions of grace for those who have eyes to see, for those who have ears to hear, for those who have hearts to perceive. Let it not be said of us they have no wine. Let it not be said of us that they have no joy. We just celebrated Christmas, Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us, and he is not an absentee landlord. He does not observe us from a safe distance. But he is in the soil. He is in the dirt with us. He is in the mud with us. He is in the flesh with us, lifting us up, bringing him to himself, and calling us to our only true home, the home of our Heavenly Father, where already a banquet is prepared for us. Let's have the good sense to follow him, to sing to sing glad songs whenever the occasion arises. And let's not withhold our gratitude. Let's not withhold our wonder. Let us not withhold our joy. For he is with us, he is for us, and he is leading us home. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost.